Life is an adventure, and now we're taking you along for the ride. We're the Blinks family, and you've probably seen our travels on Instagram or TikTok. After traveling to over 30 different countries with our three kids, we've learned a thing or two about how to see the world without losing our sanity. Welcome to Unpacked with the Blinks, a podcast where we'll unpack what you didn't see on social by sharing an in-depth look at what it's really like to travel as a family. From finances to flight hacking, sightseeing to sleep habits, and everything in between. We haven't been everywhere, but it's on our list. Hey, and welcome to Unpacked with the Blinks, the family travel podcast. We are so excited for today's episode. And what makes it even more exciting is that we are filming from our brand new apartment in Portugal. So we are so happy to have you here This episode is going to be jam-packed full of some really useful information because today we're going to be talking all about packing. If you have not seen our videos on social media, you might not know that we are kind of known for our minimalist packing ways. We have traveled with our girls to over 30 countries, and I would say a majority of those trips we do with just a backpack each. Yes, we travel with just five backpacks. Everyone has their own. And we actually really love traveling that way. But every time we post our videos on social media, it comes with a lot of questions, right? We get so many questions about how we do this, how we execute it, what we bring, why we do it this way. So we thought that this episode should be a Q&A, right? What we're going to do is we are going to answer your questions directly from you. We've taken questions from our previous videos. We polled our Instagram followers to see what questions they had. And so we are going to answer them all to kind of pull back the curtain even more than we already do through our videos about what it's like to travel the way we do and to pack the way we do and what tips you can start implementing today so that you can start traveling like this. Because trust me, once you start traveling minimally and packing minimally, you'll be so addicted and so thankful that you did because it makes things so much less stressful, wouldn't you say? I do, yeah. And it's, it's, to be mobile and to be able to go um, from one destination to another, which we do more often than not, it's just really inconvenient to drag any more than what you can fit on your back, really. To be yeah, honest, you know? yeah. And obviously, each trip is unique, and what you will need for each individual trip is going to be unique. So we're going to kind of address that as we go through some of the questions that you asked. And then get really down to all the details about what it takes to execute a pack like this, what you should bring, some of our favorite products. We're we're talking about a lot of the things that make packing this way, like, easier and less stressful. So, we're excited. I'm excited. So, we're going to, Scott's going to have the, ask the questions. Uh, Like I said, we pulled this from our audience. And um, hopefully, this will provide resources for you. Okay. Question number one comes from Instagram. How do I decide what to pack for my kids? There's a lot to be unpacked within that question. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like a really open-ended question because I think the first thing that you need to do is really think about the type of trip that you're taking and what's important to you on this trip, right? So we've taken all different types styles, right? We do our backpacking, our true what we call backpacking trips through Asia and Europe, where we're bouncing around every three days. 
We want to be really mobile. We want to have the convenience of focusing on the experience and not focusing on the stuff that we're bringing. We know that we're very active on those trips versus where we go to a lot of our resorts in the Caribbean or in Mexico. We'd love to travel like that as well. And so what I would pack and decide for a pack for our all-inclusive resorts would be completely different than what I would pack for like a more active style trip. So I think the most important thing is that once you book your trip is think about like, what are your objectives for that trip? What's important to you for that trip? And then start to create a capsule wardrobe from there. And hearing about this capsule wardrobe is not going to be any surprise to you if you've watched our videos, because I talk about this all the time. It is really like that secret little tidbit that I share that I think really takes you from overpacking to minimalist packing because we used to be overpackers and we used to just stuff everything in a bag. And I think once we started to prepare and plan and do the work before the trip, I think that's when things really change. So in regards to how you decide what you want to bring, my best advice to you would be to start writing things down. That's what's helpful for me. I think about the type of trip that we're going to take, what we're going to be doing on that trip, and then what items we'll need in regards to that. And I think be really specific about what you need. Don't worry about what you could possibly need. Be really specific. If you know that you're taking a hike, what do you need for that hike? Your kids need a tank top, a pair of shorts, socks, tennis shoes, write that all down. And then once you've compiled that list, start to break it down and say, okay, well, I have shorts for the hike day. And I also have shorts for just like the playground day. I can those can be the same shorts. And then that's when you can start to condense and build out this capsule wardrobe. Another big part of that is the items you pick, like making sure you're getting these versatile items that you can use over and over again. That's why we always advocate for like more neutral color palette because it's just easier to mix and match for the kids. And we're picking really lightweight materials as well. So that's kind of my biggest tip on how you decide. I think that all comes to the preparation beforehand. I know even like recently we took a trip. I think it was the trip I took to Cabo with Hazel. I did not do the legwork in the beginning to prep and I overpacked. I just, because I wasn't prepared. I was at that point, I had not really thought about, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. This is what we're going to need. And the next thing I know it's the night before and I'm just stuffing everything in the bag, you know? So I think just being prepared ahead of time and being strategic about what's important to you and what is necessary for the type of trip that you're taking. Yeah, two, two things to add. Um, and, and Diana takes the role of packing. She, she really, you know, she has a room, a staging room. She, yeah. she lays everything out. Um, yeah. We actually recently for Christmas got actual hangers, or I'm sorry, like a, like a coat rack. Yeah, clothing rolling, rack. Rolling clothing rack. So yeah. she can actually hang things up. Which is amazing. That's been a game changer. Yeah, that, so that, that's helpful if you do travel often. But two things I want to add is while she's doing this, she does physically have a checklist. So yeah. she makes a checklist and then she's literally ticking it off as she puts things in piles and this and the other. The other thing is she mentioned this a bit with the clothes, like use shorts that can be versatile for two different things. Another thing that really helps with minimalist packing is buying footwear that can be used for multiple things. Because yes. if you go on hikes, that's great. But if you bring giant rigid hiking shoes, but you're also going to try to use them for going out to eat or things like that, it's not going to work. So you have to find some some hybrid items that you can, you know, do multiple things in. And I think that's a big, a big one because 
shoes really take up a lot of space. That is so true. Shoes take up so much space. And if you've watched any of our videos, you see constantly, I'm talking about this, that we really limit the number of shoes that we bring. And I love that you mentioned that point because it is so true that like for sneakers, for example, we're looking at sneakers that would also look cute with a dress, you know, something that they can play around at the playground, but that they could also wear with a cute dress. So just being strategic. And and now that we've been traveling so much in the last three years, I'm constantly thinking about that. Anytime I buy a piece of clothes for my kids or for myself or for you, I'm constantly thinking about, is this piece versatile? Would this work well for one of our trips? Like how many different ways can I use this? And we're not even implementing this minimalist wardrobe, this capsule wardrobe in our travels. We're trying to implement it at home. Sure. So yeah, I hope that answers the questions about what you should pack. I know some of the other questions that we talk about are also going to be about different age groups. So I'll leave that for those questions. But I think just from a big picture standpoint, the biggest thing that you could take away from this section is to prepare as much as you can. And if you're looking for a checklist, I do have a free checklist on my blog. Um, We'll go ahead and list that in the notes so that you can get that there. And yeah, hopefully that's helpful for you preparing for your next trip. Good one. All right. This next one comes from TikTok. What are your tips for packing toiletry items? Yes. Okay. I know I don't really share a lot about my toiletry items because honestly, sometimes I feel like there's just not a lot to share because this could be a little controversial and you might not like this answer, but I really keep my toiletry items for myself. It's mainly for myself because my kids, you know, like they don't have much to a bare minimum. I don't bring everything. I have my two or three like skincare items that I really love and I bring those and I usually pick items that are like in really small bottles. And I sometimes, if I know it's a shorter trip, I will bring like travel size items. So every time I go to Ulta or Sephora or anywhere and they give me like free travel samples, I keep those. So I have them all in like a little toiletry bag that I keep in my bathroom that if I need to pull from, I go. But most of the time now, I like to bring like my three or four things. So I have like my serums, my moisturizer, and my sunscreen, and my face wash. That's pretty much it. Like that's what we're talking about. Then same thing for makeup. Like I'm just going really, really minimally. But that's just what works for me. I don't want to be bogged down by this like whole routine. And I don't spend a lot of time doing my makeup in the morning. And so what I do is I just try to take what my routine at home and make a really simplified version. So for makeup and such, that could look like instead of doing like a whole, you know, foundation routine with concealer and all that, I'm just going to be a little easier and I'm going to do like tinted sunscreen because I definitely have to wear sunscreen every single day. And then maybe I'll just put a little bit of blush and I'll use that blush as like lip tint. And then I'll use a little bit of that blush as like my eyeshadow. And then I have a little bit of mascara. But I also do things before the trip. Like I get my eyelashes like tinted and lifted with the curling. And that helps me so I have to wear mascara on my trip. Or I get my eyebrows laminated and that helps me with not spending a lot of time on my eyebrows in the morning. So all of these things kind of helped also so that I'm bringing as little as possible in my toiletry bag. And my bag is like this. It's really small. That's what I was going to say. You take a few. I take They're a few. all very small, about the size of like a pencil case. A pencil, a pencil case. case. Yeah. 
but that and in a backpack, if you can stack things tall in a backpack rather than have things bulk out, like you know, there's a lot of travel cases and things that are that are quite bulky that take that look maybe like a kid's lunchbox or something. That's, right. If you can take something smaller and you can stack it, plus you can turn it. It's all about that as well. Right? Yeah, and I do also separate my liquid items. So if I have like my face wash, I'll put that separate than what I call my dry toiletry bag, which are my items that are still my toiletries, but are not liquid. So then that way I have two smaller bags and two smaller bags are easier to pack and find little crevices. If you don't have much space, than one big, like you said, bulkier um, lunchbox size bag. So I'm just being really, really strategic. Also, you know, it's sometimes fun. Like if we, I know when we were going to Paris, we wanted to go to all those French pharmacies. That's what they're known for is like their skincare and things. So sometimes I will wait and buy our shampoo and conditioner when we get to our destination or like a bigger sunscreen for the kids and things like that, because that's going to ultimately save space. And I don't have to check a bag because I have these like extra large items. And so that also helps a lot. Now, in regards to the toiletries for the kids, it's toothbrush. And that just goes in their bag. It is very, very minimal. Um, Same with you. You have your small toiletry bag and just your basics and what you need. Now for our trip to Portugal, it was a little bit different because we're living here. And so we wanted to have the comforts of home. We wanted to have our shampoo and conditioner from home. And it was one of the big reasons why we opted to check a bag this time, um, which was unique for us. We don't, we've never done that in our child for the last three years. We just wanted to have like the comforts of home and for the girls to have that feeling of it being homey when we're here. Okay, so that's pretty much it for the toiletry bag. Like I said, I don't know if everyone will like that because I know some people really have like their makeup routines and such. And not to say that there isn't space. I think let's bring it back to the big picture is packing what's important to you. And if having more makeup items is important to you, you can definitely make room for that and make that fit. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you just pull the space from somewhere else. And one more thing to add, you, you were talking about that as you split up your liquids. That comes in handy for another thing because if you keep your liquids separate, they're easy to grab if you have to go through security and they do make you remove them, then you don't have to go through your entire pack and separate and all that stuff. You just yeah. have that one to remove. I know a lot of airports don't make you remove liquids anymore, but I know I know Heathrow did for us and such. So it's just good. And what I do because I separate the two bags is I take the dry what I call a dry toiletry bag and that's packed away but the wet toiletry bag is like sitting in the pocket in the front of my bag everybody's wet toiletries are in there so the kids if they have something specifically if they ask to bring something Mm -hmm. or yours sometimes we'll keep ours separate but we put them in the same spot so then when we're going through security and you know it's chaotic and sometimes you're like taking your shoes off and doing this and your kids are there and you feel like people are behind you and you're like stressed about not going fast enough so we just like we we pretty much made it really efficient where we're just like pulling it right out and doing that but we're really lucky we don't have to do that a whole lot i feel like in the states we don't get that as much anymore no and it's a lot of the equipment has, has gotten better and stuff like that so no not a big one okay you ready for another one yes okay this one's coming from youtube uh, how do you pack minimally and bring enough entertainment for the kids? That's a great question. Okay, so this is challenging, right? Because for my kids, specifically when we travel with just a backpack each, we'll talk about that and then we'll talk about the other way as well. There is a limited amount of space. And a majority of that space is going to go to the necessities, right? Which is their clothes. Like they get a packing cube and that packing cube 
takes up a huge portion of the space in that backpack, especially when we're doing our three months trip, right? I'm trying to fit as many pieces of clothing as I possibly can. That is the priority. But I also don't want to ignore the fact that my kids do need to bring other things because they are kids and there's different reasoning behind that. It's not just to keep them entertained, but also for their comfort, right? Like for the comforts of home and to just, you know, make the transition of traveling easier for them. So I think what it comes down to is finding a travel bag that works well for you and your family and your needs. I feel like the one that we're using right now with Atlantic luggage works really, really well for us. It is the perfect size. It's big enough, but not too big. Because the other thing too is we get questions like this a lot about, and we'll talk about this more about our favorite products, but we get questions like what size backpack. And I just want to remind parents who are picking a backpack for their kids that bigger is not always better because if it's too big, it becomes too heavy and they cannot carry it. So they won't carry it. They won't carry it, which no matter the size, they probably won't carry it. There have been many times we've been carrying their stuff as well. So I would be strategic about the type of bag that you have. For us, the more pockets, the better. So we're utilizing the big main pocket for the main items. So the shoes the packing cube, and then the other pockets are going to be for their tablet or their Kindle. My kids love their Kindle, so we have to bring it, which I think we'll talk about that more in the product section, but Kindles are great for traveling. And then um, they have those front pockets where they get to put their little games. And we just encourage the girls to pick things that they love that are smaller. So now they're used to it and they kind of have their favorite things that they like to keep at home and that they like to travel with. But even they have like little squishies, little stuffed animals. And they bring the smaller one first, bringing the big giant teddy bear. And then they bring like their little dolls or the little toys, or they really focus on things that are smaller and more compact because ultimately they know if they do that, then they can bring more. And so we, our girls are at the age now where we kind of leave that up to them and say, okay, if it fits, you can bring it. When they were younger, one of the things I'd love to do is also bring smaller things, but I would buy things specifically for the trip and not let the kids see it until we got on the plane. So I think the feeding into this idea of it being new and exciting, like they'll it'll hold their attention a little bit longer. So that's something also that you could do. And it doesn't have to be big or over the top. Honestly, like we brought play-doh we brought stickers we brought all different types of things and all of those things can work and still provide your kids entertainment another thing i want i have to touch on this i just thought of it actually i was thinking about this before but a pack of playing cards and i guess it depends if you have two-year-old probably not the best but believe it or not my nephew who's two and a half he understood go fish like a very simplistic at a very simplistic simplistic way but some type of card game. Some type of cards. Even if you're just like matching colors. Like I feel like a pack of cards. I like to keep it in my pocket, in my purse, when we go to restaurants, all of that. And I just don't sleep on the playing cards. Yeah. Like it saved us quite a few times. And I think that's a really small item that gives you a lot of entertainment. Yeah. So pack that, wrap that, whatever. Use a backpack that is right size for your for your child and then allow them to after you've put the clothes in fill it with whatever they can right and that's it we don't ever let anything overflow into other bags right so it gives their space but i think that's good and i also think too like 
from a traveler that's traveled and we've lost things. Just be mindful to encourage your kids not to bring anything so valuable that they couldn't live without. Like those really valuable, like sleepy toys. Like we do this whole ceremony where we say, okay, let's say goodbye. They're going to be here with their friends. Like, you know, they're safe here. They're going to watch over your stuff. And then this is your travel buddy. Like this is your stuff that you bring on your travels. Like this is your travel guy. Because things happen, bags get lost, things get lost. And so just, I would encourage your kids to find their special friends that aren't their most valuable, irreplaceable friends that they bring on the trip. So. This is a uh, kind of a follow-up question it comes from a different person, but how you pack for multiple kids. I mean, you might want to talk a, a little bit about that. Yeah. We obviously have multiple, so yeah. um, how do you do that? So I think really when I'm pl- in the planning process of packing for each of my kids who are, they're all three of them very unique, I think about what is important for each of them. So for my oldest now she's at the age where she's really involved in what she wears and really cares about what she wears and really has an opinion. So I bring her in and we sit and we talk about, even from the planning stages, you know, how do you envision your wardrobe looking? Because for her, it really matters. Where my middle daughter, she is particular about what she brings, but it's not really because of style. It's more about comfort. Like she is more sporty. And so she wants to have things that she knows that she can run and play with. If it's too fancy or too fussy or too difficult, she'll never wear it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're thinking about minimalist packing, you want to maximize the use of every piece of clothing. So it is really important that you think about your child when planning out this pack because the last thing that you want is, let's say you only have enough room for 20 pieces and five of those pieces they never wear. So it's really important that you strategize what's important to that individual child. Do they not like to wear pants? Maybe they only like to wear pants. Maybe they don't like jeans. Maybe they only like sandals. So I wouldn't use the opportunity of traveling to be like, I'm going to outfit my child in this entirely new wardrobe of things that they never wear at home. Really make it comfortable for them and then treat each individual path as its own thing. I really work on separating them out. And honestly, sometimes I won't move into the next child until I'm completely done with the first. So to just give you an idea of how it works for me, I am planning the pack, which means that I'm writing it down. I'm writing a list of like how many shirts I want to bring, how many pants, et cetera, et cetera. And then once I have that all written down, I pull from their closet. I see then what I need. So let's say she has a hole in her black leggings. So I know I need to run to Target to get another pair of maybe two black leggings since she wears it so much. So then that's kind of the curation of the pack. And then I lay everything out. I have them try everything on, especially when I'm pulling from their wardrobe and even when I'm buying new things because I want to make sure it fits and it's comfortable and they like it. So I'm not leaving anything up for chance. Usually there's some bribery involved in there to like make sure that they're doing it. Um, but they try everything on and then I look at it all again, double check on my checklist, make sure it's all there. And then not until the pack is essentially all curated and complete will that go into the packing cube. The packing cube is the last thing. But once that goes into the packing cube, it is not touched. The kids, like they got close for Christmas for this trip and they were not allowed to wear it. They weren't allowed to touch it. It went in the room. And this is when we talked about having that wardrobe from Amazon and how beneficial that was for me is because instead of laying everything on the floor like I normally do, I was able to hang everything and look at. I posted in my stories, if you go to my highlight reel about packing, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But I was able to like 
put together the wardrobe and it was really easy for me to see what I had and also like pull things out. And I was like, oh, you know what? We have a lot of pants. We don't need that many pairs. So I pull things out. So I do that for each child individually. And most of the time, what I will do is I will complete one before I move on to the next. And that helps me not miss anything when I'm working with one individual child. And then my kids are at the age too, that they're picking their extras. Like we said before, they're doing all of their toys and extra things. And then I would just say the trick with packing for multiple people is writing things down. I don't trust my memory. And so I write things down constantly. I'm double and triple checking things. And I just think that makes it a whole lot easier. Very good. Okay. Back to Instagram. What about um, tips for packing baby essentials and like extra gear, uh, strollers and such? Yeah. That's hard, right? Because I feel like when you have a baby, there's just so much that comes with it, right? You can't just be like, I'm going to pick up my baby. We're just going to jump on a plane and, and, and that's it. There's, there really is a lot of stuff that you need to, I don't know if it was like a necessity, but to really like make your trip enjoyable. Like if you jeopardize some of these conveniences that you use in your everyday life, it really could impact how much you're enjoying your trip versus my kids being a little bit older. We have, they're a little bit more flexible. Babies aren't exactly flexible. Um, now I will say a lot of people, I think are discouraged about traveling with their babies, but I actually argue that babies might be the easiest age to travel with because they just sleep. When you get in the toddler stage, I feel like it's a little bit trickier. Um, It was for us anyway. But in regards to packing, here's a couple things that I did and I look at. And obviously we're talking from a minimalist viewpoint, right? Because that's what this whole episode really is about. So what I would say is really think about things that are most important to you and what you absolutely need and write those down. Then I want you to look at that list and see how many of these things can I outsource? So can I buy the diapers when I get to my destination? That's pretty much a given. That's what we always did. We'd never traveled with this huge giant thing of diapers. Like to me, like a giant, like unless you don't think you'll find diapers there, but I don't know. Like if you're going to a place where kids live, like you're going to find items, which is pretty much everywhere. So We've never traveled with diapers besides just how many fit in our diaper bag. That's one thing. Even though you can, when you check your stroller and your car seat, you could stash a pack of diapers in that bag too. That's another little hack that you could do as well. But big picture, outsource what you can outsource. So if you guys are staying in an Airbnb, email the Airbnb host ahead of time. Say, hey, do you have a high chair? Do you have a pack and play? Do you have a baby monitor? And a lot of places that cater to families will, they'll have, utensils, baby plates, baby spoons, all types of things. I know we have it when we rent our house out, right? So that's going to help you and not having to pack all of those little extra things because yeah, the sound machine and the baby monitor and all those things, but it's all of those little things that add up, take up a lot of space and ultimately more stress on you because it's more things that you have to think about, more things that you have to worry about fitting, more things that you have to worry about not losing when you're on the trip. Um, And so I think outsourcing as much as you possibly can. And there are companies out there that have services where they will rent you strollers. They'll rent you car seats. They'll, you know, they'll have everything really and they'll be able to drop it off. I know that there's certain companies that even connects you with parents in your area that you can rent from actual real parents. So there's all of these resources out there right now 
to where you don't have to necessarily pack everything. Now, there were some things that when we traveled, I wanted to bring, which was like car seat. Generally, the car seat, I like to bring my own car seat. But now they have so many incredible travel car seats that are compact and really durable. We have a blog post all about our favorite travel car seats and our favorite travel strollers that are really compact. Some of them that can fit in like overhead compartments of the plane. So we'll link that in the notes as well. And so even if you don't want to rent out the equipment, you want to bring your own. There are products out there that are meant for travel and that can still help you pack and bring things in a minimalistic way. If that makes sense. No, that's great. And one thing to add is that um, we had this when we were traveling strollers in, in person, but they have, uh, they've come a long way. So using the stroller case, right? Like the travel case, and, you know, investing in a really nice travel case for your stroller that you can put the car seat, the stroller, and like you said, extra things like um, diapers and what, because they'll, they'll check that whole thing in for free. And that just takes a huge weight off of you yeah. to, to be able to send that ahead of time and check that curbside. Then you have all your own things with you on the trip. Yeah, because we've heard a lot of horror stories about um, people checking their stroller at the gate, their stroller getting absolutely destroyed because they're not taking the like yeah. care of it, you know. So just keep that in mind. Um, and then don't be afraid to buy things when you get there. And honestly, if you are going somewhere and you're not spending a long time, you could deliver like a grocery delivery to your Airbnb, your hotel room, even. So if you know you need formula or baby snacks or diapers, like schedule it ahead of time and have it to where it shows up, like right when you arrive. And so that way, hey, you don't have the stress of having to worry about, did I pack enough? Did I do this? Did I do that? Just bring what you need for your like travel day and then worry about the rest when you get there. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've done that though. That seems like a different (laughs) world. So uh, next question comes from Instagram again. I'm I'm worried I won't have everything that I need. Mm. That's there's a, there's a lot to, to go on there, but I what comes to mind is is like emergency type items, you know, um things for like inclement weather. But there it is. This one we hear a lot. Yeah. We hear this a lot in our comments section. Yeah. And sometimes it's posed nicely like this, like a question, and sometimes it's not so nice. <laughs> uh we get accused of not giving our girls everything they need on their trips. Either they'll be too hot, they'll be too cold, they don't have enough clothes, they're going to be dirty or whatnot. Um, I think one of the biggest setbacks to packing minimally is fear, right? We're fearful that we won't have everything we need. We're fearful we won't be prepared. We are worried that something's going to happen. And, and for some reason, we're under this assumption that we should just have it all easy right at our fingertips. And I think one of the gifts that we've received from traveling as much as we have in the last three years is that we realize that we don't need to know it all or have it all before we arrive. That a lot of times we find out some of the most valuable information and find the things we need the most when we arrive in a destination. And so let's use an example of when we did the two months in Europe and we posted a packing video And people just destroyed me in the comments about not having rainy day items in that pack because it's in the areas that we were going, we could potentially see a lot of rain, which in hindsight, we did not see any rain. We barely saw anything on that two-month trip. But we could have, 
right? We could have. So here's the thing that you have to face when you're thinking about packing minimally. Could we have packed the rain jacket, the rain boots, the rain pants, whatever, for the chance that we could have rain? Yeah, we could have. But then we also could have come back from this trip not touching half of the things in our in our bag versus being faced with a week of rain and then deciding to jump into a, an H&M and grab the girls a rain jacket or, you know, like go to any store. You know, I think people forget that there are stores almost everywhere that you're going unless you're going to travel in the middle of like deserted desert. You know, you're going to find things. And so this is kind of how we approach the way we pack and how we decide. What I look is with how much certainty do I think I will need this? When we packed for Portugal, we knew that in January, February, and March, it rains almost 50% of the time. And we knew we were staying in one spot. So did we pack raincoats? Yes, we did. Did we pack rain boots? Yes, we did. But it wasn't because we were wondering what if, right? So there are certain scenarios where I think it's important to think about those what ifs. One of those is kind of an emergency kit in regards to medications, like medications, you know, your kids might need. Um, Not to say that you couldn't find that, but sometimes it's just nice to have it on hand if you have like a little bit of Tylenol on hand or allergy medication, like those more well-known kind of symptoms that kids normally get, stuffy nose possibly. But like, I'm not bringing our entire medicine cabinet. I'm bringing a few band-aids, some Tylenol, you know, like the basics, because I know that when I get there, there are pharmacies everywhere. And then pretty much we pack the things that have a high, a very high probability of needing and just feel comfort in the fact that if anything does happen and come up, that we can find a solution when we get up to our destination. So don't let the fear of what if hold you back and make you feel like you need to pack excessively because I promise you more than likely you aren't going to need any of those items or more than half of those items. And you're going to be a whole lot more stressed because you're adding so much more on your plate by worrying about, hey, what is this? What is this? I need this. I need this. And the next thing you know, your packing list is doubled or tripled. It's going to add a whole lot more stress on your plate. Um, you know, some Neosporin, like you said, Tylenol, um, some Band-Aids, maybe a few different style of Band-Aids. Afterbite is a good one. Oh, spray bug spray, you know, small, those type of things. So yeah, I think we do have post on this as well We do. Um, about our, um, what do you say? Whatever bag? Just in case. Bag. Just in case bag. So um, look into that more, but yeah, you, you got, you know, that, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So what are your best space saving hacks? Hmm. I would say that I have kind of these products that I've tested and I fall in love with that make packing so much easier for me. So I will say that when I started packing minimally, I really got into packing cubes and now I'm obsessed with packing cubes. I tell everybody that they need packing cubes. I buy people packing cubes for Christmas. It's insane. I love packing cubes. And I think utilizing packing cubes not only helps you save space, but it helps you stay organized, which is really helpful when you're packing for a larger family and you're packing for multiple kids, like going back to the multiple kids thing. I think keeping yourself organized can really help with that. The other thing that I really 
like to do is, like I said, doing the plan ahead of time. I think that really helps me save space. I think that I've tried a bunch of different strategies in regards to how I pack, like the the way I pack. I've used the rolling method. I've used like the trifold method. I've used a bunch of different um, methods. And I think just being flexible in regards to that and trying and testing different techniques out, because I can't say there's one way that works better than any other. I think it really depends on what you're packing and the type of materials. I've found this new love in vacuum bags. I think that's helped us save a lot of space. Um, I'm trying to think some other space-saving hats. Really, I owe a lot to the products that I use, which I know is another question, so I'm kind of jumping ahead. But I would say the biggest hack, which isn't really a hack, is just ultimately being prepared and putting a plan and then implementing that plan, like the strategy you use to implement the plan that you put into place on how you are going to save those space. Again, like we said, picking the right bag for you, picking the right bag for your kids. I think that's pretty much it in regards to space-saving hacks. Can you think of any? Am I missing anything? No, I think think you said products that we use. I think we're already kind of doing that. I think technique is a bit of it. So we talk about it. So space saving is not just about those products, but the technique and using it. You do you do your own roll method to get them into the you know into the bag. You do one one layer, and then you kind of half zip, and then you put yeah, it in. Yeah, so there's yeah. videos on that that you put out. Yeah, um, maybe we could talk about that a little bit, and it'd be easier to watch the videos. But yeah. essentially, what I do in my own unique strategy, I haven't really seen anyone do it like this. Is when I do the packing cubes to make the most of the space in the packing cubes. I'm essentially I guess the best way to describe it is I'm zipping the packing cube halfway, and then I am packing the item. Sometimes I'm using the rolling method, and sometimes I'm using a folding method where I fold it to sit upright within the length and height of the packing cube. So essentially, when I'm looking into the packing cube, it just looks like little like sections. And then the reason I zip it halfway is because I am squeezing all of the air out of the packing cube and I'm only filling it from one side. So as I place an item in, I'm kind of pushing it in and pushing all the items to the back where it's zipped and then using that open space to fill as much as I possibly can in the packing cube. So not only not only am I using a packing cube, I'm really maximizing the amount of space I can get out of the packing cube by zipping all of the air. And we'll link our favorite products in the notes um, because the type of packing cubes that I use, like it's strategic in using a certain type of packing cube so that I can let all the air out. Not all packing cubes will allow you to do that. So yeah. So make sure you check the links in the notes to see the specific ones that we're talking so about. So that like that, like you said, that that's a technique. Then there's another technique of the there is the vacuum bag, but you can't just throw everything in a vacuum bag right. and just suck it up. There's certain ways of placement, putting it into the compartment of where you're gonna put it in the bag first. Right. So Again, without without just going into every single little tip, it, it's about you know the products that are right, but then using the technique and then and kind of fine tuning that. That's right. um, so I think that's and stuff of that comes with trial and error. You know, like there have been times that I've packed a vacuum bag and I've completely let all that air back in and did it all over again because I just I didn't feel it was the most efficient. So this isn't easy. <laughs> we probably should have did this disclosure in the beginning. I wouldn't say that packing minimally is the easy choice. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of work on the front end, but I do believe like a hundred percent that it is easy after you leave on the trip. It makes it easier after. 
you like reap the benefits of the work you did up front after the fact, because the amount of stress that you have on the trip, when you have to repack to come home, all of that is less worrying about losing things, just less stuff is less stress. And it allows us to really focus our time on the experience of travel and these amazing adventures we get to take our kids on and not focus on the stuff. Right. So. Okay. Um, the next question is about vacuum bags. So um, we'll go ahead and, and keep embellishing on that. But if you use vacuum bags, I'm worried that I'm, that it might be overweight. In, yes. other, in other words, you know, if I stuff everything I have in there and suck it all up, is that going to just put me over the weight? And if, if so, how do you, how do you handle that? What yeah. tips do you have? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, the, the huge concern because you're essentially fitting double the amount of stuff in the same space. And when you suck out the air, you're not taking weight out. <laughs> you're just taking air. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is a big problem. And one of the ways that we combated this when we were checking our bags, this trip that we just took, was two things, I think. One, the luggage that we bought or we own is very lightweight. We love Atlantic luggage. We have pretty much now kind of moved to having all of their products because we love it so much, made out of recycled materials, and it is so light. So the bag itself is so light. Also, I think the bag is the perfect size. It's not this giant, giant bag. It is a chest size, but it is big enough that you could fit all of your stuff, but not so big that now you've packed it to the rim and now you're, you have a 70 pound bag. So I think that they have two really great things working for them in the size of the bag and the weight of the actual bag itself. The other thing is we just strategize how we fill it. So we're filling one side, one compartment with the vacuum bag, and then we're supplementing the other side with other items, maybe not filling it all the way, or maybe putting like some shoes, some toiletries, and really strategizing how we can offset the weight because we know we put a lot of excess weight in that vacuum bag. The other thing is we own a scale at home. So we were constantly weighing it and, and like kind of pulling things out, putting things in and really trying to balance all of the weight between our two check bags and our three carry-ons. So it's just, again, the planning, the execution, and just being really careful about the weight. Don't, do not, do not wait to weigh your bag until you get to the airport. Please, it is not that expensive. These scales are so inexpensive, okay? Just weigh your bag. And you know, you don't have, you don't want to buy a luggage scale, that's fine. If you have a regular scale, weigh yourself. Hold your bag, step on the sale, see the difference. Like, yeah. you can figure it out. I've seen too many people <laughs> unzipping their bag in the airport, especially when you use a vacuum bag. Yeah. You can't really unzip that. Give yourself some wiggle room, right? Give yourself at least a pound or so wiggle room in case their scales are a bit off. But this device she's talking about is a handheld scale. So you put the strap through your handle, you clip it, and then your two hands, if it's a big, bigger luggage, yeah. you hold it up and it's um, a handheld weight. Yeah. It's not something you sit on the grid. And our, our bags, we had one at 49 pounds and one at 50 pounds. That's it. Yeah. We felt good about that. <laughs> yeah. So that's the tip with the vacuum bags. I love the vacuum bags. Here's the thing. The vacuum bags have a purpose. They do not work for every pack. If you are going to the Caribbean, if you're going to the beach, do not pack it in a vacuum bag. Like it is not going to do anything for clothes that are like light materials and bathing suits and stuff. This is specifically for when you're going on a cold weather trip. We did it when we went to Iceland last year and we did it for our trip to Portugal. It's 
really to pull the air out of those bulkier items like sweaters, the bigger, you know, pants, but even jeans. Sometimes I don't put the jeans even in the vacuum right. bags. I'll put the jeans like the bottom of the luggage and I'll put the vacuum bag on top. Sometimes, sometimes I'll put it in, but it's really to maximize space for those bulkier items. And so vacuum bags, not necessary for every trip. I would say for your other trips, if it's, you're not going to a winter destination, use the packing cube. Yeah. And this wasn't a question on here, but um, I do hear this often is, when you do the vacuum bag at home, how do you revacuum it? Thing and, and the answer to that, I'll, I'll yeah. answer that um, is: if you're going to a resort, anybody that's cleaning what have you has a vacuum. You just ask them if you can borrow the vacuum, whatever the case. If you're an Airbnb, obviously there's probably one there as well. But they do make a hand pump, so we've taken that. We took that to Iceland, yeah. And um, you know, you attach it to the bag, and you just uh, you know, you know. so there there are several ways to do so. But that's not that's not anything you need to worry about is bringing a, a vacuum with you. No, but they do sell. We don't own one, but we I did see on Amazon yeah. that they have an electric pump. Self, yeah, so yeah, and so that is like I don't know, maybe the, the size of a cookie or something. It's smaller, mm-hmm. and you could just pack that in your bag if you didn't want to do the hand pump. Like our vacuum bags came with a hand pump, right? But honestly, I was worried. I was like, oh man, this is going to be so tiring to hand pump this thing. Mm-hmm. It was not that. It was fine. So there's other methods to that. Yeah. All right. Moving on. This is, do you do laundry on the road? And if so, how? Yes. So one of the questions we get a lot when we share uh, that we only take a backpack each when we take our three-month trips is like, that's not enough clothes for three months. Well, we know it's not enough clothes. We go with the intention of doing laundry on the road. And we do that a couple different ways. We do that in our rentals. So we will stay in home rentals and we'll look for rentals that have laundry in the unit. We we will utilize laundry service at a hotel. I will say this is probably the thing we do the least because that can be pricey. But, you know, when we're traveling through Asia and different countries like that, you can find it to be more affordable. Um, but if you're in a jam, you could always use your hotel's laundry service. I would say that that's, probably what you'd want to do all the time, but you know, you can utilize that as well. We've used the laundromats. You'll find laundromats in every city uh, and they're very easy to use and very inexpensive. Problem there, probably the most time consuming, right? Because you can't really like leave your clothes unless you're in a really trusting place, I guess, but you kind of got to sit there, which is kind of annoying, right? So that one, maybe not the best option if you are really considering time constraints. And then the other thing is washing it in the sink, washing it in our apartment. So we buy these little soap packets. Again, we'll link this for you. And we love them. And they're so compact. And there have been times, like we were in Greece, we rented um, a home. We thought it had laundry in it. It didn't actually have one or it wasn't working or we couldn't figure it out. It seemed like too much trouble. And so we just wash it in the sink with our little sink suds. And then we hung it to dry on the clothesline. And it was like perfectly fine. I had the kids help me. I really try to incorporate them in these kind of like normal everyday chores because I think it teaches them responsibility and grit and resilience. And I just think it's a great life lesson to learn how other people do laundry in other countries because a lot of places we visit, they don't have a washing machine yet. So we do that. And yeah, we do laundry maybe once, yeah. Twice a week, if, there's, if there's not a clothesline, there's a couple other methods that we use too, right? The railing on the on the outside of the the place, right? Yeah. So like a, 
any of those railings on the outside. It depends. We've hung it inside on the back of chairs. The shower is a good place too if it's if it's really wet. So yeah. you can you can you know line the shower and what have you. We have a video I think that we put out where we lined the entire first time we had done laundry in a while and, and we had yeah we hung we washed everything in the packing cube like we pretty much dumped the packing cube into the washing machine yeah. but there was no drying function in europe you'll find like there are these two-in-ones and even though it does have a drying function the dryer doesn't really work very well we're lucky here in portugal it's just, it doesn't take things from super wet to dry yeah you have to sort of pre-dry it first if that makes sense yeah and kind of finish it you finish it yeah so that's what we do with laundry and it's not that bad, honestly. And yeah. So what do you do about souvenirs? We do also get asked this a lot, especially when people see that we're packing as minimally as we do. And, you know, we pretty much pack those bags for the ring so it doesn't leave much for bringing home. So we do actually buy souvenir from every single place we visit. And those souvenirs are generally postcards, magnets, or keychains. And generally for the kids, it's keychains. And they've kind of made this fun game of collecting keychains from all the countries that we've been to and they'll sometimes hang it on their backpack sometimes they want to keep it at home we've actually talked about like changing or taking those keychains and making christmas ornaments out of them to make like an entire travel themed christmas tree we haven't done that yet but one day don't be part of decorating the tree all together hey that would require us being home yeah. for a, like a long period of time which also has not happened but so one day, but we try to really be strategic. We love postcards. Actually, I'm always on the hunt for really unique looking, more art type postcards because I do frame my postcards and I love to put that in my office. I love also to buy art from like street vendors. So if I see someone on the street, they have a really beautiful piece of art. I'll usually buy it. It's inexpensive and easy to pack. And I can just slip it in my backpack and bring it home with me. We keep, we keep currency. We keep currency. We collect the coins and bills. So that's something else. You know, you don't need to have these like big, fancy, extravagant things. Now, when we were in Morocco, we talked about getting like a light fixture. You know, they have those really unique, beautiful light fixtures. They have shipping options available too. So we could have had that just shipped right home, right? We didn't have to worry about lugging it with us the entire time. Um, but the other thing too, is that when we start to get to the end of our trip, we get a little bit more lenient. <laughs> so like last year, we ended our trip in Portugal. We knew we were coming home. And so we were like, okay, we can bring this grocery back and start filling it with stuff. We started to buy food and chocolates and tchotchkes. And that's where we get souvenirs for like our family. We want to bring things for our family and our nieces and nephews and parents. And we start to do that kind of at the last destination. So we're not lugging it, especially when we take these really long trips we're not lugging it from destination to destination to destination. Because remember, the reason we pack minimally is to be hands-free and to make it as easy as possible on us. But when we get to the end, we're like, oh, we just have this our one flight home. It's okay. We'll carry the grocery bag and bring all of our extra stuff. So make your last destination your, your, favorite. your favorite souvenir destination so that you can collect things like the food items and stuff. The food items. That's yeah. the best part. Yeah, yeah, the, the salts and the oils and the all yeah, of the chocolates. Yeah. Yeah. Sardines, we sell sardines. But we always we always make room for for souvenirs. We've got room for souvenirs on this trip as well. Well, this trip for sure because we packed like five bags, <laughs> so we have extra room. All right, moving on. I think I know the answer to this one. But um, what do you prefer, backpacks or rolling luggage? I think I'm going to surprise you. Yeah. Here's the thing. This is so hard because this is not a clear answer. I think that there is a purpose. There's time and place for each of those. 
I will say there's something really great about having the rolling luggage. It is easier to carrying this heavy bag on your back. In the airport. And in the, in the airport. train station. And like yes. But when we do the trips that we do, where we bounce around a lot, and we're like in Europe, like, for example, we had our rolling luggage, you know, even though we had a taxi take us right to our apartment, something for my mom, we had to move her luggage and I'm rolling this luggage on the cobblestones. And I'm like, this is why I don't bring a rolling luggage when I come to Europe. Because it's even just about me, right? Like, it's not just about me and my bag. Because I have to factor my three kids. And we've made that mistake when we first came here, just you and I, before we had kids. And we had those bags. And if you have to lug it up two flights of stairs in the metro station, it's one thing you got to carry yours. But then how are you going to carry your three kids' bags as well? And then you got to leave someone at the bottom of the stairs. And then someone has to be at the top of the stairs. It just adds more stress. If it's on your back and your hands are free, it makes things so much easier. But if we are going, let's say, to an all-inclusive resort, we know we can bring a carry-on for free. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, we have to bring our backpacks. Like, it needs to be backpacks. Backpacks are nothing, right? Then we'll do check bags. or in a, But also, we'll do just two check bags for the five of us, or three check bags for the five of us. Ultimately, we do want to always pack minimally. Because regardless of what type of bag that you're packing, more stuff is more stress. It's what I say all the time. More stuff is more stress. So no matter what type of bag I'm packing, it's less about the bag. The bag to me, when I'm thinking about the type of bag, I'm thinking about the purpose of the trip. So Southeast Asia and Europe, I want to be hands-free. Going to all-inclusive resort, I don't need to be hands-free. I want the convenience, right? It's more about what is going into those bags and the strategy in implementing the minimalist path. So there you go. Good point. No answer is the answer. Yeah, that was a little Switzerland. I thought that you were going to say rolling luggage this time because when you put your backpack on the rolling luggage, it's really really nice. Oh, it is. But again, you just had that running recently. So, okay. Yeah. Very nice. Get close. Get close here. What do you do for a trip that involves like multiple destinations, which we do often? And you have varied activities, which we've kind of talked about before. But is there a tip besides what we talked about for like the hiking, using the boots and, and all that stuff like that? I think pretty much touched on this one because, you know, I think planning out your pack, finding the versatile items, finding out exactly what you're going to do on the trip. Yeah. And then also back to the question about emergencies, don't be afraid to pick things up when you get to your destination. Let's let's talk about this Portugal trip, for example. I think this is a great example, right? Because not everyone is going to travel the way we do. We're going to go three months and we're like in a new place like every week. Yeah. And in that scenario, as we talk about Asia, when we did the summer, there wasn't really much variety. Like we're all in these tropical climates. Yeah, warm, and we're warm. 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 We need bathing suits, tank tops, sandals. That's it. I didn't even, I feel like I didn't even need my tennis shoes, honestly. No. Yeah, I wore tevas the whole time. Yeah, exactly. I've never worn them. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you're granola guy. I haven't worn much since then, but I like them all. Okay, maybe next time we go back. Yeah. So this trip, I think, is a really great example of that, yeah. right? Because we really prepped for the cold. Because we knew until about mid-February, maybe even March, we're going to be in cold and rainy weather. Now, we know that in March, it warms up quite a bit. But we thought, strategically, it would make the most sense for us to really maximize the number of cold weather items that we brought on this trip and make that a majority of our pack. And then while we were here, one, it starts to warm up because it's not for two months. 
we would then pick out some warm weather items here. And we were like, made it fun too. Like we get to go to Zara's, like Zara's so much cheaper here than it is in the US. Get to go to H&M, Primark, like all the stores and have this fun experience. I'm like, I wouldn't say outfit for an entire new wardrobe, but get like a couple pairs of shirts and a couple t-shirts, you know? So versus trying to fit it everything in. For all weather. For For all scenarios and all weather. Think about what is the most important and then what can you outsource, you know? So that's the way we strategize that, you know? And I think pretty much what we talked about in the rest of the episode really helps you in executing a pack for, for a trip. Now, I know we had one. We didn't talk about it. Well, we kind of talked about it, but it was about the product. Well, that's, that's the last question. So yeah. last question, what product can you not live without on a, on a travel? My packing cubes. Yep. For sure. 100% my packing cubes. Number two, I'm going to come up with something really odd, I think. but And not just unique to us, but I think all families should bring us. And that's a tripod. I think all families should travel with a tripod. We do because it's our work. But I think there's something priceless about having a family picture. And yeah, you could ask a stranger to do it or whatnot. But now they make tripods that are so compact they can fit, like take a barely no space in your bag. And like, could you imagine going to Paris and seeing the Eiffel Tower and not having a picture of like your whole family together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just think, get the tripod, bring the tripod. Don't worry if it looks kind of cringe. Yeah. Like bust out the tripod. And because this is a memory you're going to want to look back on. And... I just think it's so important yeah, to capture that. And our, our tripod is the size of a small umbrella. Yes. Literally. We get weird looks at it all the time and scary stuff, but it's great. We love it. We use it a lot. Yeah, that's a good one. So I try to Um I would say, I talked about the vacuum bags, how I fall in love with the vacuum bags. Packing cubes, so you already said that. Yeah, I said packing cubes first. And then, I'm not sure. I think like we pretty much touched, I think, the right, having the right luggage. We love our Atlantic luggage now. Like I said, we've pretty much switched everything over to that. We have really great, we've tested out so many travel backpacks. So if you're looking to travel with just a backpack, I would definitely use the ones that we have because they're absolutely incredible. We've tested, I think specifically my bag, which I think I'm going to get for you next because it's so comfortable. It's fit so much the way it's laid out is really versatile. I love that bag, and now I've been using it for almost three years. I got one. Yeah, what is it? Water bottles. Yes. Because it's the one thing that we're always like, ah, should be, should be. But when we when we have them on, on the trip, we, right. we love having them. Because it's just, we don't like buying water bottles. We don't like buying plastic water. Plastic water. We don't like drinking out of it. We don't like using it and all that stuff. Spending it's just, yeah, I just feel like it's something that... We've really gotten accustomed to bringing, and I think it's an essential item, especially if you have one that's like that filters or that you know hydro water or whatever. Any of those kind of cool, cool ones that you want to bring with you, because water is essential. And yeah, um, you can get water in most places now. Yeah, and refill them at the airports and stuff like that. So I think that's a great, great, great one. That is a good one. I think having a water bottle, I can use the filtering one is necessary. Well, I just think, but if you were like hiking. Sure, you're doing some more like outdoors and stuff type stuff. It's just nice that. But I think you're right. And because you know your kids too. It's like the minute you're like 10 minutes from the house, Mm -hmm. they're like, I'm thirsty. (laughs) You have unlimited water at the house, but now you're thirsty. Mm -hmm. And so even even if you're just bringing one water bottle with you on your day trips, on your hikes, on your sightseeing, all of that, I think that that can be really beneficial. What else? That we didn't talk about, I guess, in the rest of the episode. We talked about a lot of other things in the episode, too, that I think 
are really beneficial and can make ultimately make your pack easier. But I also don't want to get away from the point that I want to make, which is you don't need it. Yeah. Like, I think that we're living in a time where there's so many ads and there's so many people like persuading you of this like next must have product. And I would say 99% of the time, you do not need it. That's why we're, we've got a short list, right? (laughs) Have to have. Yeah. And I, I'm more thinking about things that we just, we never need without. You yeah. know, and those, those are the few things that we do. Another one is when we're traveling abroad, I have this very small compact passport holder Yeah, that keeps extra credit cards that we may or may not use, currency, our vaccinations, all of our documents and things like that. And, and I think that's very important to have. A really nice one. It's got an RFID blocker. It's got a, um, if I lose it, what is that called? The tracker. You know, it's not a, an air tag, but it has like a trackable thing in it. I think that's a smart thing to have too. Yeah. Um, so the, one of those. And then another one um, that I find we always bring with us is my little, my little charging block. Well, it's not a charging block. It plugs into an outlet, whether, and it changes for European and, and Asian yep. and that stuff. But it has multiple USB ports so that we have, we create sort of like a charging area, charging station for everyone because we end up with a lot of devices on our trips. So yeah. having like a station where you can charge everything and, and it's one very small, easy, packable thing is a good idea. Yeah. That's a great one. I like those. Good job. Yeah. Love it. Well, I think that's it for our minimalist packing episode. I think we touched on a lot of really good things, hopefully helpful things. And hopefully this will encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to try to pack a little bit more minimally and take a lot of stress off of your plate. So thanks for tuning in today. Can't wait to chat next week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Unpacked with the Blinks. We hope it inspired you to step out of your comfort zone and finally book that bucket list trip. If you liked what you heard, please hit that subscribe button to get notified when a new episode hits the tarmac. And be sure to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a suggestion of something you'd love to hear on a future episode, please send us a DM on Instagram at with the Blinks or Mrs. Blinks. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget, Magical memories are within your grasp. See you next time.